Welcome to Jazz Notes. It's Sunday, April 21st at like 3.15 in the morning. And the jazz are dead. Or at least mostly dead. Rough night. Well, I don't know. It was better than the first two, I guess. Jazz drop uh, a game three decision, 104 to 101 to the Houston Rockets. In a game, they were actually competitive. So, hey, we can say it was fun to watch. I didn't have my story written by halftime, so that's always a good thing. Or you had a story written by halftime and had to scrap it. That's also true. I did rework it, though, so the beauty of beauty of Kyle Corver. Thank you, Kyle. Um, yeah, so uh, we're sitting here in the studio, a couple hours removed from probably the, the last meaningful game of the season for the Utah Jazz. Obviously, it's not over yet, 3-0. Uh, but everyone knows no team's ever come back from this deficit. Uh, there's not a lot in the first three games to think that the Jazz have four wins against the Rockets in them. And so, yeah, we might be might be done for the season on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Jazz are dead. But to quote the all-time classic. Talk. Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. <laughs> There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Please open his mouth. Now, mostly dead is slightly alive. <laughs> now, all dead, well, with all dead, there's usually only one thing that you can do. Yep, so mostly dead. Look for loose change. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. Thank you, Max. Yeah, so uh, mostly dead. Um, but let, let's talk about this game because there was it, it. What's sad about this, and I use that term because it's sad that the season might be over because of it. The Jazz were significantly the better team tonight. Significantly, it wasn't like oh, it was a good matchup between two good teams and one just was a little better and that's who won. It wasn't. The Jazz were the better team for the entire night. Uh, we can talk about James Harden and him going over 15 to start this game. There was a lot of that because of what Utah was doing. Finally, they're pushing him to the right strategy worked. And you finally got to see what Quinn Snyder envisioned this to be back at game one. It so happens that when you change your entire defensive philosophy for one guy, it takes a little bit to get going. Um, and that, and so, But they finally mastered it, and that's what's like almost disappointing because you're like, man, if they could have gotten this one... They may have been able to make this a series in the end, but I just don't see that happening now. I mean, I mean, I think we said it after game, after game two, or maybe, maybe it was yeah. after game one. I can't remember one of those ones where you were on the road, Ryan, where where we said eventually, like things are going to start clicking. Eventually, the Jazz are going to execute what they've been working on in practice for the past week and a half, or possibly more, based on how they ended the regular season. Um, eventually, you know, James Harden is going to. Stop making ridiculous shots that he was <laughs> making over pretty good defenders. Um, looking at you, Ricky. Yeah, pretty good defender. I said it. Ooh, uh, that's a hot take on Twitter. He's a pretty good defender. I, th- I agree. He's a pretty good defender. I'm not I'm not saying you're not. He's mm. he's a pretty good defender. I'm not saying he's going to win Defensive Player <laughs> of the Year. He's not. So don't come at me, Rudy. <laughs> don't come at me. Uh, but he's a pretty good defender. Um, but yeah, I mean, Saturday night game three was finally a night where. James Harden cooled off, and I think that was a little bit of a success. And and for at least for that first half, um, 
you said the Jazz were better than the Rockets for this game. Like the Jazz were significantly better, significantly in that first half. Like, like, like majorly better. Like, like across the entire four quarters, I would say, yeah, maybe slightly better. But in that first half, in particular, and that, and if you want, even want to break it down in that first quarter, the the Jazz were at times playing the Rockets off of the court. I mean, they open the game on a 7-0 run. They go up 11-3, to and, and you're going, okay, okay. It's going to be a fun Jazz, night. Like, Jazz fans are feeling a little bit excited. The arena's getting loud. Playoff basketball is back in Salt Lake City. And here we are at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> playing taps <laughs> and quoting Miracle Max. It's It really is crazy. Um. It's all like there's so many things you can look at. Like the Rockets didn't shoot the ball very well either, but I think you can give a lot of credit to the Jazz. Even the shots they made, especially in that second quarter and that first quarter, were just these contested three point jumpers. And and there's a theory that goes around that three point defense is mostly random. And I think that today was like tonight's game was a perfect example of that. Like the Rockets were terrible. The Jazz had any wide open corner three they wanted and couldn't make one. And the Rockets mm-hmm. were shooting over a hand or a body every time and in the first half they at least they made them and that's really why the Jazz were never able to extend a lead like I think their their biggest lead was 11 to 3 8 points that was their biggest lead of the night and that I think and yet they still had like there were times in that second quarter I'd be watching and they'd have a 5 point lead and you're like wow they're just blowing them out of the water with this 5 point lead and that's why it was like and like I know the the hot take at halftime was like oh James Harden hasn't made a field goal and they're only up down 2 or down 5 and it's like this isn't good for the Jazz and I, I never felt that it didn't feel like it was like oh James Harden's just missing it's like yeah, maybe if he gets crazy hot from, like, really difficult shots. But, like, I, I felt like the Jazz just kind of knew what they were doing finally. They really did full, like, d- Quinn Snyder's defensive scheme worked. You kind of felt like James Harden had to go, to quote a lovable character here on the Wasatch Front, he had to go full Jimmer <laughs> in order to, to really wake up and, and, and make something happen in that second half. <laughs> Jimmer, man, someone is missing BYU basketball. I'm gonna alienate like half of our <laughs> listeners with that line. I know. I'm sorry. Um, full De- Delon Wright, I think, is what you meant. Or full Delon, sure. That is not accurate. Sure. But full JC Carroll. Oh wow. Let's go on. Where's UV? Full, full Kenneth Ogby. Full Kenneth Ogby. Um. Oh man, I covered SU for three full, years, and I full, full Dre Marine. <laughs> three people. Like in the state, we'll get that reference, <laughs> um, and none of them in Salt Lake. But yeah, what what it really did? It was one of those nights where you felt like they locked him in, locked him down because of what they were trying to do. They accomplished it, and and I guess that's where it comes back to. It's almost disappointing we don't get to see where this might have gone if they win this game and why they lost this game, Sean. 12 for 41 from three-point range. Is that, is that, is that good? That, no. Like, that's not that's, good? That's, and it, it's like, it, oh. well, let's, let's go well. through them. Joe Ingles, two for eight. Um, with Donovan Mitchell, four for 12. Donovan was an interesting game, too, because he had such er, a game, two, as in two, T-O-O. <laughs> um, he had such... <laughs> We're writers. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
we we he had such a good first quarter. Thirteen points, five of seven shooting. He was awesome. <laughs> um, he did kind of he cooled off. He was four for his last twenty in the last three quarters, and so. Obviously, not the greatest end, but he still ends up with 34 points. But, yeah, he was 4 for 12. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Royce O'Neal, 1 for 5. Kyle Korver, 2 for 5. George Niang, 2 for 6. Uh, it go on and on and on. It goes, no one shot well. And, again, and I, I can't re- – I'll have to reiterate again. These were open shots. All, like – and that's what – like, and so you're just like – it is what it is. Also, they missed 13 free throws. 12, 25 of 38. Not great, Bob. No. Um, I know a lot of fans uh, don't like James Harden and his flopping and whatever. Uh, I don't feel like the, – the officials weren't great tonight. I don't think anyone walked out of that arena thinking that was a really well-officiated game. I won't say that I, I don't think they had any impact on the result, though. Doris Burke didn't. Definitely didn't think that it was a very well officiated. Game. No, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> and, but there was a lot of makeup calls, and when I think it almost evened out in the end. So it's like the one that you look at is. Uh, I would maybe say there were possibly too many makeup calls. I will hundred percent agree with that. But I mean, thinking in particular of a few sequences, like late in the fourth quarter. Well, I think you're thinking of something specific, Sean. How about you share? No, that's all right. I'll, I'll let you go. Okay. I don't uh, want to get fined. <laughs> yes, because we are. Um, but I, like, the, Although if we got fined, that would mean somebody was listening to fair, us. That's so. fair. That's fair. I like that. Oh, Jay, uh, hey, the, hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. What's up, Adam? What's up? Uh, James Harden's, uh, when, he get, when he hits Gobert, when it was like a minute to go in the game, drives into Gobert. Gobert looks like he goes pretty vertical. Might not have been all the way there, but Harden's hand comes in and hits him in the face, knocks his contact out. And that's the one that you kind of look at. Like, that Gobert gets called for a foul. That makes it a four-point game after Harden makes two free throws. That's the one you kind of look at. You're like, that might have changed the game a little bit. That might have been a makeup call. And it might have been too much of a makeup call. Yes. And so... Yeah, we they they definitely yeah. The, but again, I'm gonna go back to I don't think the officials really impacted the game much because when you shoot 12 for 41 from three and they're not making your free throws anyway, I'm not gonna like you. You can't say and be like, man, the officials hosed us because yeah, the Jazz shot 38 free throws, the Rockets shot 34, so it's like. Hmm. They both did the same thing. Donovan drove a lot, and James Harden drove a lot. So there you go. That that's kind of how it ends up there. Well, it's, and it's not it's not like these refs called the game any differently than NBA officiating has been throughout this entire NBA season. Yeah, I think every time James Harden's involved, people get mad, people get frustrated. Uh, but the, I think the sometimes good- they have a right to be sure. Um, I think the good thing about this, though, is guess what we didn't hear at all in the first two games? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Why? Because it didn't matter. That's true. <laughs> and so just the fact that we had a fun game tonight, I think, is a win for everybody. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I, we're speaking mostly to Jazz fans here. Was it a fun game? Sure. Like, that was a super- It was a competitive game. I still think it- I, well, I, I was at the arena tonight. It felt like everyone was having a good time. Obviously, the result was not what they were wanting. But anyone that walked into this game, I think, tonight, thinking the Jazz still had a chance to win this series, was optimistic 
at best. <laughs> like, like, let's be honest. Like, they've just been floored twice. Like, I don't think that a lot of people had a lot of hope that, yeah, this is going to still go the Jazz's way. So just having a fun competitive game for Game 3, like, and again, I say, like, if they win this game, everything changes, and you start you start looking in Game Four, like they can pull off the, the, the they can get another one. Suddenly, it's just a best of three series. But um, so I don't think there was a lot of like super super disappointed people tonight. Uh, maybe I'm reading pe- the fan the fan base wrong, but uh, it really I thought in all it was a competitive game. It was fun. It was nice to have playoff basketball again that felt important. Because games one and two never gave you that feeling because it was just so out of hand so fast. I I will say, too, I really liked going back to that hot start, that first quarter start, that 7-0 run, that 11-3, whatever it was, what, however you want to phrase it. I did like seeing the Jazz be more aggressive. I liked them taking it to the Rockets a little bit. Um, I liked them, you know, to me and Quinn Snyder, we love our boxing analogies, so I liked them throwing that first punch. I liked them forcing Houston to counter, and Houston just countered. I mean, that that's, it you know, was, it, like great teams, g- the difference between a good team and a great team is that a good team can throw a punch and can occasionally take a punch, but then a great team can counter after they've taken that punch. And Houston proved itself to be a great team because they took a punch. They They've taken everything that the Jazz have have thrown at them, including, um, I- including a split decision in the first quarter of Game Three, and they managed to counter and and pull away, and they're about ready to win by technical knockout. <laughs> wow, you really went all in on that boxing analogy. A little bit. <laughs> But but to your point, it was actually like it was refreshing to see the Jazz like it was. actually to put up a fight because like and I don't know what'll happen game four, but that that the first part of game three it really was like Donovan gets that huge alley oop to begin with, and it just felt like okay they are actually here to play tonight and they were up in their bodies they were yeah they were just aggressive and it's it's been so cliche over the last two days. And you you almost started wondering if they were just saying the right things, and they knew that they were the better. They just they had to say something because they're like, you know, we're just not the best team. They're better than us. But I you saw it tonight that it was like legitimately okay. They they did believe that they knew they needed to be more urgent, need to be more aggressive, and they were. And it almost makes you like wonder like where was this the first two games? But. Hmm. That's it's probably a fair question. But yeah, that's and there a, will be an off season to debate that question. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll be asking that a lot of come media day sometime next or come locker room clean out day come sometime next week. So but yeah. Can, can we can we then talk about the guy who who was throwing those punches and really hurling those haymakers? Oh, let's do if it. You will. Uh Donovan Mitchell. Uh thirty four points. Thirty four points. Right. Six rebounds, nine of twenty seven from the field. Four of twelve from three point range. Uh, a lot of fans are talking about several of those missed shots, and I want to preface this conversation by saying Donovan Mitchell is an amazing basketball player, and what he's able to do, both last year and now in only a second season in the league, is phenomenal. Um, and we'll get to a guy who agrees <laughs> with that take as well. You've probably seen it on social media, but we'll play it for you again here shortly. Um, but 
did he maybe try to do a little too much there? I don't in the game. See, I don't think so. Um, especially with how the Jazz were shooting, he how many wide open threes can you set your teammates up for when you just finally say, "Okay, I'm gonna try to take over here." Um, and I don't think he ever forced it. That and the, what's crazy to me about this nine game, of twenty seven though, everyone was terrible. Well, yeah, I mean that's given, <laughs> like, you know. It's I think ML. that I've always said I like, and I, Quinn Snyder even has said this. They want Donovan to shoot. It's better for the Jazz for him to shoot. Um, obviously, the the last three quarters were rough. Um, what's what I think is crazy about this game is Donovan gets a wide open look out of that uh, out of an out of bounds or out, out of a timeout. For the tie. Wide mm-hmm. open look. I think he was surprised how open it was. Mm-hmm. Um, that he made. He should have made it. But the fact is, I don't think you were talking. like you. I didn't leave the game thinking, oh, man, that shot was the reason they they didn't go to overtime. That was the shot that it's like, yeah, should he have made it? Yeah. Wide open three. You're Donovan Mitchell. You got to make that shot. But there was just so much other stuff that happened before that they were like, that's like number nine, number ten on my list of like what ifs, <laughs> like in this game, and and a lot of those come from what Donovan was able to do in the first quarter that just should have been kind of a fr- going back to the boxing analogy. Apparently, we're going all in. Should have been a lot bigger of a punch. It really should have been, and the Jazz just couldn't take advantage of it, and that's and that's why they found themselves in a situation down the stretch because they just couldn't extend a lead. Um, cause I think you get an extended lead in the second quarter and the third quarter somewhere. The Rockets are just, they're packing it in. They're not tr- like James Harden's over 15. He's struggling. They're flustered. Both of him and Paul have, are in foul trouble going after officials. Like, like th- I think they just, uh, some time in the fourth, they go, yeah, all right, we're good. We'll get them back. We'll get them on Monday. But the Jazz never were able to do that. And so you leave with, you end up with a guy who needs to make a shot and, he couldn't make it. You know who I think agrees with you? A guy who's made a lot of shots and also missed a lot of shots in his career. And, mo- and the gr- a lot tonight. Yeah. The great <laughs> the great uh the the master of the mistresses. The, the master of the mistresses. The salt, the salt Lake heartthrob. The older version of Zach Efron himself, Mr. Kyle Corver. Man. Someone's I, got a man crush. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> he's a good looking guy, that's all. That's all I'm going to say there. Uh, But I think he completely agrees with you with regards to Donovan Mitchell. I have never been around a young player like Donovan Mitchell. I have never seen someone so young take ownership of a team, take ownership of his play, uh, do it with charisma, do it with class. Um, I've never seen that in my 16 years in in the, the NBA. And he missed a tough shot tonight. But it's just going to be part of his story. If you've played any meaningful basketball in the NBA, you have a shot like that. If you don't, that means you haven't played in meaningful games or you haven't been trusted by your coaches or your teammates to take that shot. I don't care who it is in history. Everyone has a shot they want back. And this is going to just be part of the story at the end of the day. So I think uh, you know, because of who he is, he's going to put too much on that shot. We miss free throws, we miss dunks, we miss layups, we miss threes. Um, it was not about that shot. It was not about that shot. We had so many more chances to win that game. Um, but I'm super proud of him. He came out and 
like he he heard that he hadn't you know played as well as he wanted to the first couple games and he put the whole thing on his back and he really he tried tonight and for a young guy 21 years old whatever he is that's really special he's going to be he is on a great path in this NBA and at the end of the day this is just going to be part of his part of his story part of his journey and he's going to keep on building on it so um, I just wanted to say that the heavenly heart of himself, you Mr. Know, Kyle Korver. What was cool about this is it was unprovoked. It wasn't like someone asked, like, oh, what did you think of Donovan Mitchell's last shot? No, kind of the opposite. Exactly the opposite. The interview was over. Everyone got it in. He's like, hey, I got something to say. And this, like, I've interviewed Kyle Korver a lot this season because, as you heard, he's a very articulate man and usually gives you very well-thought-out answers. And so even if he didn't have the best game or he was played three, four minutes, like, usually went to Kyle because he's going to give you something good to use. This was – and so he's never done this. He's never just been like, hey, guys, I got something to say. Turn your recorders back on. Yeah, I think was 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 one of the lines that he dropped right before. This. And so it's like, that's like he wanted this out there, and I and and it really, and I think it's what's cool about it. Another thing is, Kyle Korver wasn't here last year. He wasn't in Salt Lake. He didn't see this Rookie of the Year campaign that Donovan went on. He wasn't part of the. I mean, he probably saw. He probably saw, but he wasn't. He wasn't in the locker room. He didn't know that this guy was what he was doing to the city. Yeah. What he was and and so and like he it was Donovan Mitchell that led the first round playoff win last year. It was Donovan Mitchell that was making everybody forget about Gordon Hayward. Like I think everyone will admit that Rudy Gobert is the Jazz's best player, but Donovan Mitchell is kind of what healed the hearts of everybody. And and he wasn't here to experience that, but he, in four or five months, he gets traded and he's this guy has already made this the strong of impression on him. I think that speaks volumes of what the Jazz have with Donovan, and yeah, they should keep him happy with everything in them with all all the power that they have to do. But but and, and from a guy who's seen some pretty special players in his career, and I yeah, that's, think of the types of players that he played with in Atlanta, in a place called Cleveland. I mean, I mean, he's seen some some. Pretty good, players, even in Utah. Right? Like even in his previous, even his first stint in Utah. Like, yeah, like he's he's seen young guys that have been studs, and it's like, I think I I think he's seen what everyone has seen. But it I I don't know why it seems more meaningful when it's coming from inside the locker room from who your your seasoned vet, the guy you brought in to like lead these guys, mm-hmm. and so. It's pretty special what the Jazz have. Um, as he said, he's going to beat himself up on this. He always will. He was he was a mess for the last three days. Just like with those, his game two performance was just weighing on him and weighing on him. It, like he said it after the game Wednesday. He said it on Thursday. He said it on Friday. It was all the same. It's just like I did not play good, and I hate it. I hate to think about back at those games. And so he's going to have that same thought about this shot, about his last three quarters. He wasn't a happy person after the game tonight, obviously. Um, but what, what I think what you have is a guy who's going to be able to do something that he's never done this offseason is actually have an offseason. We all remember um, last year, game five, he got injured. That yep. injury kept stayed with him until all the way until this season. Um, that's like one of the reasons he started so slowly is because he was still nursing that. Yeah, it wasn't fully healthy, and so it did. And so 
I think you'll see a different player next year. And it's because of games like tonight, of times when he realizes he has failed and he doesn't want to fail again. And we've seen that in the last two years with him. But and I think that's special because he's already he, like he had a chip on his shoulder last year. He had something to prove. Even this year, he wanted to prove that it wasn't a fluke. I don't know how much he really has to prove to people anymore, except for himself. And he knows what he wants to be, and that's to be considered one of the best players in the league. And he's not quite there yet, but heck, apparently Kyle Korver sure thinks he will be and will be soon. We talk about expectations and whether or not the expectations or the hype or whatever you want to call it that seem to have been heaped on Donovan Mitchell from a very young age. We talk about whether that's warranted or deserved or praised or whatnot. Um, after listening to Kyle there, one thing that I that I feel pretty confident in saying is I don't think any of these expectations that like any of us on the outside, whether it's media or fans or even certain front office people or whatever, I don't think any of those expectations are any greater than the ones that Donovan Mitchell is putting on himself. Yeah, I think that's and I, and I think that's the best part is it, it gives you wonders for what the Jazz have in the future. You have I like he's not there yet, but I think Donovan legitimately is a superstar. Like he he's shown so many flashes, not as much in this series as you may have hoped. Um, but that first quarter, that was a guy. I think that was a superstar moment. He had beaten himself up for three days. He comes out and he's just like, "I'm putting this team on my back." And I'm going to try to will them to victory. The Jazz shot terribly. That's the only reason they're not win. They didn't win. Um, Donovan Mitchell didn't shoot great, but he still like the amount of shots he set up for his teammates. He was able to get into the paint. He was able to electrify the crowd. He was able to get to the free throw line. Like that's something to be said about that. Something he's gonna do in game one. Yeah, like he went to what eighteen times, I think it was. Like, and so it's like he was. He, like he could get to the free throw line at will. He might not have been shooting oh, 17 times. Just checked it. Sorry. Uh, so he was 12 for 17 from the free throw line. Probably wish he would have made all five of those that he missed. And we're ta- having a different conversation right now. And that, but and but those are the things. Those five free throws. Those eight missed threes. All the other missed shots. The turnovers. The long pass to Jay Crowder that was just a little too long that led to Houston points. Like those are the things that are gonna sit with Donovan Mitchell. And I think that's what makes him special because he's not going to let himself forget that. So speaking of not forgetting and things that are going to sit with Donovan and with with this Jazz team, uh, Game Four, Monday night, Salt Lake City, Vivint Smart Home Arena, eight thirty p.m. tip off, just like every other game. Um, <laughs> woot for playoffs! Yeah. <laughs> woot woot woot! Gotta love the that national TV money. Um. Jazz are down 3-0. Kyle said it. Ryan said it. Everybody's saying it on the internet. No team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit. I think it's looking like an all-but-foregone conclusion that this Jazz team is going to bow out in the first round of the Rockets. They could get swept on Monday. What is left to play for on Monday? Obviously, the Jazz aren't going to just lie down and give away the win. But what, what, I mean... In your expert opinion, KSL.com, Utah Jazz beat writer Ryan Miller, what 
do you want to see out of the Jazz maybe this Monday? Um, I know what my bosses want to see. They want to see them lose. <laughs> Does it involve budgets? <laughs> yeah, um, they lose. Suddenly we're not spending another $1,000 to get to Houston for game five. Or but, two or three or four. Or four. Five, Damn, plane tickets are expensive six, when you're booking nine. one day in advance. Um, But, no, I think, I don't know at this point if you even think of it as a series. You kind of think you you got to get one. There's a pride issue, and I think that's where they have to go in with Monday is a, is a pride issue. We don't want to get – no one wants to get swept. Like, yeah, is a gentleman sweeping five any different? Probably not, but at least you got one. At least you showed a little bit of pride. You get to play together a little bit longer. And that might be a college thing, but this team always used to, like, they like to say we're more of a college atmosphere anyway. So there might be a little bit of that is like, you've got, they've got some free agents. This could be the last time you see Ricky Rubio in a jazz uniform. Last time you could see Derek Favors in a jazz uniform. I don't think this team, they like each other. They don't want to break up quite yet. So I think there will be a sense of pride to at least keep playing one one last trip to houston and honestly like there it, it sounds silly especially how the last the first two games went but if like if this wasn't a fluke if game three wasn't a fluke and they really did figure out how to guard james harden like a four-game winning streak is not the craziest thing to think think about. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. They're not gonna do it. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. but like, I think you have to have that little bit of hope that it's like, sure, it's never happened. But no one had. And Donovan, I think, said this in the post game. It's like no one had ever came back from three-one in the finals before, and so it's like the first. There's gonna be a time somebody does this. Like we remember the '04 Red Sox were the first team to come back from three-zero in baseball. Like they're like hockey for some reason happens all the dang time, but but like there's there's a little school called University of Maryland at Baltimore County. Have you heard of them? Yeah, I have. Just yeah. um, beat the, the beat the national champions. They were the last team <laughs> to beat the national champions in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and so like you have to have a little bit of belief, and it starts with the first game. And I, but again, I don't know if you really think of it as a series. You think, okay, let's go get game four. And then we move on. It's what it's, it's as cliche as it is. I think that's how you have to approach it—the one game at a time thing. Because you win game four, you still win in game five, and then suddenly it's like we're just right exactly where we should be anyway. And so you, we're not that far off. You you really need to get two wins, and then you're just right back to where the series should be. And I think that's probably what their mindset's going to be. Um, it's hard though. <laughs> Like, let's be honest. <laughs> like, there's that whole uh, one, two, three Cancun thing for a reason. Like, you lose a game and suddenly you get a nice little four month vacation. <laughs> like, 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 there, as, like, I'm sure there's not a lot of that going on in your mind, but you get down by 15 in that game four. It's hard. I think it's hard to fight to find the will to come back. But um, this is a new. This is still a young team, so we might not have a lot of that. Yeah, we we might not, but I mean, game four, game five, maybe push it to a game six. I think this Jazz team is going to fight. In fact, I know this Jazz team is going to fight because uh, that's what Donovan Mitchell told us. It's true. Um, so we'll end on that. That uh, that's another episode of the Jazz Shorts podcast. Jazz Shorts. Just a reminder: subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher. 
Radio Public, all your favorite podcasters out there. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And uh, Game 4, Monday night, 8.30 p.m. For Ryan Miller, I'm Sean Walker. We'll leave you guys with uh, his Donniness himself, Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anybody's going to just lay over tomorrow or Monday. You know, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I don't think the, the the organization, I don't think that's what we're, we're based on. You know, um, yeah, you can say no team's come back from 3-0, but, you know, no team could come back from 3-1. That happened, you know, so that's that's where our mindset's at, you know. It's an uphill battle, um, but, you know, we're not just going to lay over and give them a game. That's not who we are. That's not who any of us are. And like I said, but this morning, you know, we're not afraid. You know, you saw it tonight, and we're going to keep playing. Nice leather pants.